I'm so glad you're with us today for our second online service. We were busy with a series called Money Matters, because money really matters. We were busy with that series um, for two weeks, and last week we were supposed to end it, but we decided to interrupt it after all the, the chaos and the panic that COVID-19 created and the restrictions that came with that. We decided to interrupt this series to talk about that situation. But today we are continuing with our series, Money Matters. And I don't know if you know this, but in 2008, when we had the financial crash, South Africans on average spent 86.5% of their income to cover their debt. That's almost 90%. In 2019, luckily that number has gone down to 72%. But it is still crazy when I'm thinking about the fact that for the average South African, almost 80% of their salary goes into just covering their debt. It's a crazy number. And although this number went down from 86 to 72, and it sounds really good, last year, 2019, the website MoneyWeb wrote an article with this title. It said, too many South Africans are slaves to debt. They are slaves. So it means that, that they don't have control over everything because their debt is literally like a ruler. And in fact, they, they say that about 10 million South Africans are behind on their payments and this is the scary part okay if you're thinking like it's probably low-income people that are behind on their payments but the more you earn the more um, the more you stick with your payments it's not true lower income groups have less issues with this the higher the income went especially when it went over 20,000 rand a month people had this crazy number they were spending about 135 percent of their salary on debt repayment. Okay, just get this for a moment. They're paying more on their debt than the actually salary covers. And that is an insane number. And I think this really should worry us. And we got money matters to God. And therefore, debt should also, and I believe should also matter to God. Because we've learned in the last couple of weeks that God cares about our money because money has so much influence over us. Debt has so much influence over us. It has the potential to steal our joy, to steal our peace, to ruin our families, to create conflict in marriages, and even to a large extent to determine our futures. And if you call yourself a, if you call yourself a Christian, we shouldn't just want to follow Jesus in certain areas of our life, but every area of our life, including our finances, we should want to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. What does this look like for a Christian? Overall, we talked about the word stewardship, the concept that God owns everything in the universe. He entrusts some of his money, entrusts stuff to us, and we have the responsibility to be good careful and responsible stewards, managers of what God has entrusted to us. And I do believe that goes not only for our spending, but also for our debt. So today our topic is dealing with debt. The third topic in our series is dealing with debt. Is debt right? Is debt wrong? What does the Bible say about it? And we're going to jump right into this. We'll be reading from Romans 13, verse 7 to 8 in the New International Version. Ready? Here we go. The Bible says, Paul writes to the church in, in Romans. He says, give 
to everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If it's respect, then respect. If honor, then pay them honor. And then he says these words, Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. Forever loves others has fulfilled the law. Guys, when I read this, this is basically what Paul says. He's like, if you owe anything paid, whether it's to the banks, to friends, to your credit cards, to your family, do not owe anyone anything, he says, except for love. It's like we should never be indebted with money. We should never be indebted with giving people honor. He says the only thing that's okay is if you owe people love because we should constantly be giving people love. So even though you love someone, you will still owe them more love because it's a biblical principle, right? But why does Paul care? Why does the Bible care about debt? Why should I not owe anyone anything? And we get one of the most beautiful examples and reasons for why we shouldn't be in debt in the book of Proverbs. Now, we've read a lot from the book of Proverbs um, in, in this whole series. Like Proverbs just nails the money issue so many times. It's a wisdom book. It, it just gives us some wisdom for life. And hear what the book of Proverbs says. In to, Proverbs 22 verse 7, it says, The rich rule over the poor and the borrower is slave to the lender. And if you were part of our previous two messages, and if you missed them, you can go and watch them online. But if, if you listen there, the rich is not always someone who earns the most money, but the person who has something left at the end of the month, the person who doesn't spend in everything. But then it says these very, very harsh, intense words. It says the borrower is slave to the lender. To the lender. Because now what is a slave? A slave is someone who doesn't only work for someone else. A slave had no rights. A slave couldn't make their own decisions. A slave couldn't own their own things. A slave was, was owned by a master. And the master would determine their actions. The master would determine their futures. And what the Bible is telling us is that we run a real risk when we have significant debt in our life to become the slave of someone else. When you have debt, you run the risk of allowing someone other than God to have control over your life. And if you're like, how's that possible? Think about it. And I've seen this play off with so many people. When the telephone rings, what's the first thing I do? I answer it. So many people will not answer a telephone or when they answer, they will not even give out their name or they will just stay quiet because they are afraid that it might be a debt collector. You don't want to open your mailbox. You don't want to take stuff out of your mailbox. Why? Because you are afraid that it might be a bill. It influences the way we speak to our spouse. Suddenly, it is not love that controls my words towards my spouse, but the stress that comes from repaying that debt because I might be behind it, that makes me more irritable. It steals my joy. So how do I act towards my spouse? How do I act towards my children? So suddenly, it's not God that controls my life. But the person or the corporation, the bank that I'm borrowing money from, or the person I'm borrowing money from, they start to control my actions. They start to control my life. The Bible doesn't say debt is sin. 
You're not going to go to hell. You're not going to, God's not going to hate you. You're not going to be in trouble because you have a whole bunch of debt in your life. You're not going to be in trouble from God. But the Bible does advise us to not make unnecessary debt. Do you know that even right at the beginning of the Old Testament in the book of Deuteronomy, God also warns the Israelites about this. In Deuteronomy 28 verse 12, God tells them that if they are obedient to His will, then He will bless them. And then these words follow. He says, so that they can borrow to other nations. So God is like, when you are blessed, you've got the ability, you've got, you've got extra in order for you to borrow to other people, in order for you to plan for your future, in order for you to save. But then a couple of verses later, Deuteronomy 28 verse 43 to 44, God says that if they are dishonest, that blessing will not be on their lives. It will not be on their lands. And then it says, and then they will have to borrow from other nations. And hear these insane words. God says, and they will be the head, the the person you're lending from, borrowing from, they will be the head. And you will be the tail. So God is literally telling the nation of Israel, if you have to borrow money from someone else, they will be like the head and you will be the tail, just kind of trailing behind. You won't be making the decision. You won't be in control of your finances. You won't be in control of your life because you will only be a tail. Because I believe God should be the only one determining our actions. Not the banks, not my money. God should be determining my actions. And if you're listening to this today and you're like, Lou, but I'm not a Christian. So why should I care about this? Like, I, I don't mind that something else controls my actions. Like, I, I, I don't care if it's God or, or whoever. Let me ask you, do you really want someone else? Do you really want an organization to control your actions and your futures to be in charge of your future? And I'm guessing you're going to say, no, I don't. So I want to tell you, even if you're not sure about Jesus, even if you're not sure about following God yet, listen to this message because it might just change your life for the better. Okay, So we're going to go through a couple of practical things this morning. And what I wanted to do first is I wanted to have a, I wanted to look at why we fall for debt. If we know that debt creates stress, if we know it creates anxiety and panic and it ruins marriages. It's one of the Reader's Digest years ago did a study and they found that money is the number one thing that partners in a marriage lie to, lie about to each other. Can you believe that? Money. So if it creates all the stress, why do we still fall for debt? And there's four reasons I think we fall for it. The first reason, because of a lack of knowledge. And I've seen this as I've helped people over the years. And because I, I'm the pastor of some people, often issues like debt would come up when you counsel them or people would ask you for advice. Although I'm not a financial person, it sometimes popped up. And what was interesting to me is people just didn't understand the realities of debt. They didn't understand the amount of control it had over their life. And if we don't know that God discourages us from having a bunch of debt in our lives, how can we then not just go out and, and have debt? Like we have to know. We have to, we need to have the knowledge. So consider yourself educated. Okay, we already covered that. Consider yourself educated. So don't fall for debt because of a lack of knowledge. The second reason 
is because of a lack of planning. We don't plan, so we just go for debt because it, it solves the issue of not planning. We believe that. But do you know that Jesus spoke about planning in the New Testament as well? And Jesus, Jesus even spoke about planning to the extent of your faith life, where he said you have to plan, you have to calculate the weight that Christianity would put on you. Because you have to take up your own cross, Jesus said. It's going to take work, it's going to take commitment to follow Jesus. And then in Luke 14 verse 28, Jesus says, Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying this person began to build and was unable to finish. So Jesus says, we have to plan before we want to do something. Because if we don't plan, guess what our only option is? We don't have the money, we can't finish, so we have to go for debt. We can't finish the project. So we fall for debt. The third reason why we fall for it is because of false satisfaction. We think when I can have stuff, material things in my life, it will satisfy deep longings, deep needs in my soul. The Bible talks about this. In Proverbs 13 verse 7, the Bible says, One person pretends to be rich, yet has nothing, and another person pretends to be poor, yet has great wealth. It is this thing of pretenses. I compare myself to, myself to other people. They seem to have more. They seem to be happier. So then I go into there to pretend to find false satisfaction. It's not true satisfaction. I want to pretend that I've got enough. I want to pretend that I'm rich. I want to pretend that I've got everything together. So I go for debt in order to find false satisfaction. Because Paul speaks about this, and we talked about it in the first two topics. In Philippians 4 verse 12, he says life is all about contentment, about being okay with who I am and what I have. He says that he's, he's used to, he, he has lived with a lot and he has lived with a little, but at the end of the day, it's not about how much stuff you have. It is about being content with what you have, whether that's little or whether that is a lot. As long as you want to prove something to people, as long as you believe that material things will solve deep needs in your life, you will keep falling for debt to find false satisfaction. But the fourth reason why we fall for debt is because of unforeseen circumstances. And this happens to so many people. A crisis hits, something like the coronavirus, something like the 2008 financial crash. And because we didn't have healthy spending habits over the years, we have to take a, a loan, we have to go for debt to cover the crisis. Whether that's a car breaking down, a pipe bursting in, in your wall, whatever it might be. If you don't know how to plan for the future, if you don't know how to plan for unforeseen circumstances, go back to our second topic. It's on our website. It's on YouTube. Go and listen to it. And we give you very simple instructions on how to plan for the future. But these are the four reasons why we often fall for debt. So if we already have debt, if we did fall for some of those points and we have debt, what do we do then? In fact, is it, is it okay for us to have some debt? 
So although the Bible says rather not go for debt, sometimes we have to take out a loan to cover something important in our life. Most people cannot afford a home without a loan. That is debt that most of us cannot get away from, and that's probably a good investment. Some people might have to take out a loan for a first car, but don't keep upgrading your car, living on your limits, just to have a better, a newer model so that you can find satisfaction and you keep dumping yourself in deeper debt. Student loan is another one. You might have to take out a student loan in order to finish studies because for a lot of people, my parents included, they couldn't pay for four children to go to university. So we had to take out a loan. But I tried to shrink the amount by working part-time. I worked really hard to cover some of the expenses. I worked really hard to, um, to get academic bursaries to make that amount smaller. So those are three things that you sometimes have to take a loan out for. Houses, cars, and student loans. But you don't have to. The, the one is probably a must-have a house. But the other two, that's not a must-have. As much as you can, try to keep that low. But don't go and buy all kinds of little things that you do not really need just because you want to find false satisfaction. In, um, don't go to debt for that. But if we did fall into debt, what do we do? You might be able to stumble into debt if you didn't know those four points. But you can never stumble out of it. In order to get out of debt, it takes active planning. And if you want to regain your freedom, if you want to find freedom again in your financial life, it will take active planning. And I wanted to share four things with you today on how you can get free of debt. Okay, ready? If you make notes, take some notes. The first one. As simple as it sounds, it's not always easy. Live within your means. It means that we do not spend the money we don't have. We don't go and make more and more debt to buy fancier clothes or a bigger car. So debt runs so high because people keep making new debt in order to buy stuff they don't really need. Stop it. It's as simple as that. Live within your means. Don't spend money you don't have. The second reason get a budget. We touched on this in the previous two weeks. If you don't have a budget, create a budget. If you don't know where your money is going, your money will just flow out. When you have a budget, you know how much to spend for every area of your life. You know where to spend it. It is safe. It goes into the right direction. You don't fall into the debt trap. The third reason, reduce expenses. If we want to pay if we want to get free from debt, if we want to repay our debt, we have to reduce our expenses in order to have extra money at the end of the month to start covering them. So somewhere you have to start cutting. If you really cannot cut, your only other option is to find a second job, to find some odd jobs, to do something from home, to go and sell something at a market, to do something in order to, to earn a little extra. But you either have to reduce your expenses or you have to up your income if you want to cover your debt. And the fourth thing is start to pay your debt. Guys, as a Christian, we have to pay our debt. You cannot say, I'm just going to leave it. Psalm 37 verse 21 says that the wicked borrow and do not repay their debt. The wicked. I don't want to be wicked. I'm a follower of Jesus, so I have to pay. 
And I want to help you this morning with this simple idea. It's not mine. Dave Ramsey, he's the green finances. He often talks about it. If you want to start paying your debt, there's a very simple way. And we call it the debt snowball. So this is what you do. Go home and write down a list of every single debt you have, of every loan you have, from smallest to the largest. That might be an account you have with a clothing store. It might be a credit card. It might be a student loan. It might be a car loan or a house loan. List them in order from smallest to largest. And then what do we do with the debt snowball? This is how it works. You keep paying the minimum payment of all of them. But the money that you saved at point three, because you did these two points fine, or because you found extra, extra work, you take that money, you don't go and spend it on something new, you add that money to the smallest amount. So if you've got some kind of, you've got a, 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 um, an account on clothing and you might own, owe a thousand rand on that, your payment is 50 rand a month and you can save an extra 500 a month, you add it to this 50 and that means in two months, less than two months, you've covered this one so it falls away. The debt snowball, the effect is if you keep rolling a snowball, it gets bigger and bigger. So now you've got 550 Rand a month, the 50 you used to pay for this one, the 500 that you reduced or that you earned extra with the extra job. So instead of spending this money, you add the 550 to your second biggest low to, to the second smaller to, to the second one so you add that to this one so this might be a loan of 10,000 rand that you still have on your studies so now instead of paying the minimum of 500 rand a month now you add the 550 so now it's a thousand and fifty rand on this one so now you repay this one quicker and it means your interest get less the amount the final amount you will be paying get less so now these two get covered remember you continue paying the minimum on these two so now this amount after this has been paid, you don't use that to buy new shoes. You add it to the third one till this one is paid. Then you add it to the fourth one till this is paid. It's a snowball that keeps getting bigger and bigger and you end up repaying your debt a lot sooner than you thought. Guys, I want to encourage you with these words today. The final decisions, the financial decisions you make today will affect tomorrow. The financial decisions you make today will affect tomorrow. It will affect your relationship with your family. It will affect your anxiety levels. It will affect your stress and it will affect your future. And it could even affect your relationship with God. So make the right smart financial decisions. Don't let debt be your boss, be your owner. Let's pray. Jesus, I want to pray today that everyone listening to this will find freedom in you. We don't want to be slaves to our money. We don't want to be slaves to people that we are borrowing money from or to banks or to corporations. We want to live in the freedom that you give us. And I pray, God, that we will not continue to fall for the debt trap. But I also pray that you would give each and every person the wisdom to start breaking with the debt trap. May, we, may you give us the wisdom to start dealing with our debt. I pray, Lord, that you would bring financial freedom to the lives of people listening to this.
And I pray above all that we will find contentment in what we have. That we will be content with the little or with the much. Whatever you give us, help us to live within those means. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.